Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column for the woman who desires to deepen and beautify her inner world. Every week, we'll answer a letter from listeners just like you, who are looking for insight and wisdom on the most pressing questions in their story right now. Make sure to stay with us until the end to hear our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower, a podcast for the woman with a deep inner world. I'm your host, Akelia Clarkson. I'm an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I'm a writer and PhD candidate, a food blogger, tea drinker, and adjunct theology professor. And wherever this day finds you, thank you for joining us. I hope you have something nice and cool to sip on. I'm assuming it's hot where you are too, because <laughs> it is where I am. <laughs> Unless you're blessed to be in the Southern hemisphere and get to wear a jacket. I'm jealous of you. Right, right. <laughs> uh, we will be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments, but first let's get into our pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our thorn. So something that left us feeling dry or depleted or frustrated that week. And finishing off with our rose, something that fostered our inner world, brought us joy or built us up. So Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's rose? Well, my thorn, I am at home dealing with cramps today. Mm. So that was a bit of a change of plans. I was, uh, well, I mean, I was kind of expecting it, but at the same time, I, I had plans for the morning that I was hoping I was going to do. It, it required a bit of driving and a lot of like being out and about. And I thought I am going to be miserable if I follow through with this. So I, I even, like I got dressed, I put on my mascara and my shoes and everything. And I was just stood by the door and I sat down on the table. I'm like, I just don't know if I should walk out the door. Uh, so I discerned, I thought, I just saw Lord, give me, give me wisdom. Like what, what should, what would be best for me today? And so I ended up just getting my heat pad and uh, getting something to read and lying in bed for a little while. So, um, I think it's good. I didn't go as like you said, it's hot. Yes. Like I just, I would have not been happy that I made myself do all those errands. So yeah. they would have been more, enjoy- and they're the kind of things, they're the kind of errands that can be enjoyable. So as long as I save them for a time where I'm not in pain, I think I'll actually have a yeah. better time. So that's that. Uh, moving on to my rows. Um, I just, I had this, this may seem kind of small, but it was, it was just so encouraging. I I received some really encouraging words from someone in my small group this week. Hmm. Um, She was basically commenting on mine and Daniel's like life rhythms, like different things that we do regularly. Like we have this Friday night bread dinner kind of tradition that we do our tea times and we also she she loves the different questions that we ask each other so you know instead of saying how was your day you know how are you doing we like to ask more um, creative questions that help to bring more out of the person like I think Daniel's question the other day was what sauce describes your day so far? And it's like, that's random, but it makes you think like, okay, um, some kind of a reduction in the sense of like, it's rich and condensed, but it's like packed into one thing instead of, you know, it, it gets yeah. you to think more carefully about well, how would I answer that question? And why would I choose the thing I choose? So it gives interesting insight. So all that to say, I just felt like her comment 
helped me to realize that what's normal for us is abnormal in, in a good way. And she was inspired by that and in affirming mm-hmm. those things that we do just so naturally because we've built them into our lives. So I just mm-hmm. felt, yeah, really, really blessed by that. Oh, that's lovely. What sauce are you today? <laughs> I haven't <laughs> thought about it today. That was a different, that was a different day. Yeah. That, that's I'm, I would need, I would need to it takes some reflection. It does take some reflection. Maybe yeah. by the end of the episode, I'll have a thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Kelia? Well, my thorn this week was just, I guess, feeling um, a little bit weighed down with a lot of different deadlines, mm-hmm. um, which it's made it a little bit difficult to slow down and kind of enjoy um, enjoy downtime. And I guess this is just being an adult um, you know, that is busy and has things, but I think it would just nice, it it would be nice to feel, um, when I'm having my downtime that I can really, really be, Hmm. um, having downtime and be breathing, um, instead of feeling like, okay, gotta finish that and gotta finish that. And, you know, that type of thing. There's always more to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like being an adult, but it's, it's, I'm hoping that I can kind of like get a little bit more, um, specific breathing time and specific working time, if that makes sense. Cause I feel like right now it's a little bit blended. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as for my rose, <laughs> this is a weird rose. Um, I started going to the gym again and I know, and I know like a lot of people really will not understand this. Um, I love going to the gym. It's so, I'm, I'm not going to say fun, but like it kind of is it's exhilarating. Maybe is a better word. That's a good word. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I enjoy the whole, like, Oh, last time I was, you know, I don't even know what any of the machines I do are called. Nathan, I just do what Nathan tells me to do. (laughs) He's like, here, do this. You'll like this machine. I'm like, cool. Um, I don't know what they are for exactly. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm like, Oh, last time I was doing like the 80 on this one and now I'm doing the hundred, you know, so it feels good to kind of move up. Um, and I also just love the feeling of accomplishment that I, that I get from it afterwards. Like I just did that. Um, and going home tired and, um, you know, feeling, feeling exhausted, but in a very, in a very good way for a good, a good thing. So Can I that, just give a little plug for exercise real quick, please. Cause I love what you're saying here. I know in the past <laughs> you've said like, I can't understand, you know, how people could go out and run and enjoy it and that kind of thing. But that's a different I'm, thing. Yeah. I'm hearing you talk about <laughs> exhilaration from moving your body and because I'm a super, like I'm a super nutrition health fitness nerd when it comes to like podcasts and consuming content, yeah. I get really excited about, I'm like, when you hear evidence, like backing up the importance of exercise. So basically I don't remember the stat in terms of how, how many like diseases this was talking about, but mm-hmm. essentially if exercise could be sold as a drug to treat dis- like disease prevention, it would be like the the best drug people, it would be like, you know, a billion trillion dollar, whatever business, because it's so effective and people, you know, are doing other things, buying other kinds of drugs or whatever to help them not, you know, get cardiovascular disease or dementia or whatever. And it's just like, go work out and you're going to feel amazing. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to affirm that and share with people (laughs) if they care that exercise is awesome for your body. It and your really brain. Is. 
your brain too. It, it is the best thing that you can possibly do for yourself. And the best part is that you don't need to go buy anything besides a gym membership, which are very cheap ones. And it's just so good for you. You just need gravity and your body. <laughs> yeah. You just need yourself. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then gravity. <laughs> um, yeah. That's great. All right. So just a couple of things before we move on to our letter for this week. If you have been enjoying this podcast, please, please. I know that I say this every time, but consider leaving it a review if you have not already. It really helps to boost the podcast and um, get it in front of other people who might identify with the letter, or get something from it and um, make sure to share with a friend. And we would also love to encourage you to send in your own letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. We'd love the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. Okay, so let's move on to our letter, which covers the subject of learning how to become more gentle in the heat of the moment. Dear Wallflower, I need advice on learning how to control my temper. I've always been a bit on the fiery side, and I hate to admit it, but I am not that difficult to upset. It's something I've tried to work on, but I find myself getting snippy with my husband, my sister, or my mom over small inconveniences or miscommunications. I really regret it every time, but I struggle with getting myself to be gentle and patient in the heat of the moment. Any suggestions on learning how to be kind and measured when I don't feel those things? From trying to calm down. All right, so... Jessica, what are your thoughts for our writer today? Me too. <laughs> Can I just start with that? Me too, my and friend. <laughs> and Kelia. We All both us. feel it. <laughs> Everyone. Okay, I must admit, as an Enneagram type one, I feel uniquely qualified to speak to this question. Is this an Enneagram one thing? Oh, I don't. Um, well, I can't type our friend. That, that That's not my business. Um, but <laughs> anger is the particular struggle of the type one. And to be completely honest, I didn't even know, like, I I didn't even identify it as anger until I dove in more into the Enneagram. I like, because I, I I would feel and experience anger differently than I saw in say my family of origin. And so I would use terms more like frustration or annoyance or irritation. And I was like, Oh, this is anger. (laughs) So, um, anyway, that was freeing and helpful, but Hey, full disclosure here. I definitely still struggle with this. That's why I could say me too. Um, So I'm going to provide my thoughts here in like an I'm in this with you kind of a place as opposed to I've got this covered. So we are learning it together and I will help to share what I have seen along the way. Um, I can certainly understand the notion of the little things getting blown out of proportion. And maybe that's one thing that we need to start with here is that our writer, you are not alone. It's not weird that you feel this way. At least I don't think so. Um, as far as learning how to control your temper, I find something that helps me is to consider those who experience or receive my anger. So if I put myself in their shoes, I'm better able to empathize and come to see the hurtfulness of my anger. Hmm. Thus, this can help me to consider, um, so maybe like even, let's just imagine, sorry, you know, if you tend to, you know, when you're 
say with your mom or your sister, or maybe if your husband gets home from work or you get home from work and you know, these, the times that you tend to get angry Mm. or frustrated, you can prepare and say, okay, how do I want to show up? What, what version of myself do I want to be today? You know, in this next interaction with this person, um, kind of preparing yourself ahead of time and thinking, okay, I, you know, I don't want, if I were them, you know, I wouldn't want to receive this anger and that would make me feel X, Y, or Z, you know, whether it make them feel scared or make them feel, um, unimportant or Mm. like, you know, like their voice doesn't matter or that they're, they're somehow less than because maybe you're getting angry at something that seems so little and to them, you know, it's not a big deal, Mm -hmm. but to you, you're making it a big deal. So this is, you know, easier said than done, but I think one way to help foster that empathy is think of a time recently when your anger caused hurt to a loved one. Um, Take some time to journal and maybe pray through that experience and let the seriousness of it sink in. Mm-hmm. I think that sometimes we just hurry. We often hurry in and out of our anger. <clears throat> Sorry, I just, my throat's scratching. That's okay. I, I want to add really fast. <clears throat> I loved your um your thought about which version of myself do I want to be? And like thinking about the times, like this is when I typically am more on edge. It's because I, you know, if, if I got off of work or like, I'm always more, um, edgy after I had to have a team meeting or whatever it is that, that you see causes this prepare yourself beforehand and take note because we, we are creatures of patterns, you know, Mm -hmm. you can figure out, okay, I'm probably going to be a little bit more, um, testy. I need to check myself a little bit extra, you know? Yeah. And, um, if you, if you missed it on episode 40, I believe it was when I gave the <laughs> recommendation for the art of manliness podcast, <laughs> talked about micro transitions. And this is this idea of shifting out of one kind of brain space or physical plate space or a task into the next and, and preparing for what will be required of you and who mm-hmm. you want to be, how you want to show up. I think it's a really, really important practice that we can all begin to to work on how to make more habitual in mm-hmm. our lives and help us to be the versions of ourselves that not only that we want to be, but that the people in our lives deserve, you know, d- deserve to, to have, you know, they're, if they're loving toward us and we, you know, we want to be loving and patient and kind with them as well. Mm-hmm. I would also say, consider that there may be other emotions at play. So mm-hmm. it sounds like frustration and anger are kind of the most um, poignant, at least the most external, but there might be other emotions happening um, and they may be suppressed. I once heard an Enneagram expert talk about how for type ones, so for you know someone like me, um, they often need to use the heart center, so feeling to move out of anger. So um, there's the head center, the heart center, and the gut center uh, within the Enneagram. And and when we're in anger, we, we struggle often to try to think our way out of it or to do, to act our way out of it. But what I've heard is more effective, and this has really resonated with me, is to feel our way mm. out of our anger. This was honestly a revelation for me. And I've I've noticed this. Um, if I'm 
in a point where I am just seething with anger and I'm holding on to it. And I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm stubborn. You know, I don't want to let go. Mm-hmm. Um, often I don't move through that until I cry. I need to move through that with tears and it's not necessarily angry tears. I actually get into a point where I am sad about something, not, not something unrelated. It's more that it can be like a personal realization that I'm wrong about something or (laughs) that, or even just the fact that I've overreacted or I've hurt my husband or, or, or that complex mix of emotions that I'm angry and I'm irritated, but it's because I actually feel like, I have been stepped on or that I have been made to feel worthless in some way or that I'm afraid of not being enough, fill in the blank. There's probably a softer emotion there. And I think for myself, a lot of the time I've had to cry through to get to feeling calm Mm -hmm. again and and to be able to be kind. And this takes a lot of vulnerability. It takes vulnerability with yourself and takes vulnerability in relationship with others. So and I can't say that this is what everyone's going to need all the time who's angry, but um, again, I found it helpful for myself and it might might resonate um, with, with our writer. Yeah, so, that would yeah. really be worth looking into for anyone listening. Um, how do you move through your anger? What is the unique way that you need to um, either feel it or think it? And then I forgot what the third one was. Um, but that that's such an interesting thing. And I think it would also be worth it to know how your how the people in your life do it. So how how does your spouse do it? How does your best friend do it? Mm-hmm. You know, because we're it we all have such different ways of moving through these very, very big emotions. Yeah. Um, and they might be foreign to other people the way that mm-hmm. we need to go through it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we've talked about before in terms of like conflict management, some people really want to address things right away versus others that kind of want to recede and um, think about things. And, and back to our conversation on exercise that we mentioned at the start too, sometimes <laughs> just taking a walk to kind of cool down or even a run. Like sometimes people, I got to run to clear my head. It's not just like the space, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's getting your feet on the ground. It's being in your body and connecting yeah. with your senses that can really help too. So there's kind of, you could, might even have an arsenal, you know, of ways to, to deal with this and to practice, but, you know, as you become more aware of what's connected to your anger and if there are other emotions at play, um, I would say, you know, consider asking, trying to ask yourself what, what else is going on when you find yourself in a, in a place, like when your anger is starting to rise, okay, what else is going on? You know, um, trying to have a more holistic understanding of these different situations might help you to manage how you react and thus hopefully not react as much as choosing how to respond. Yeah. And if you're able to voice these things to others, I would suggest trying to find calm and constructive ways to share your thoughts and feelings. Like I think, I think of Olaf and frozen Two when he's like, I sense rising anger. <laughs> you know, he's just like, there's something coming. I feel it. Yeah. Um, trying to express that, you know, maybe or maybe it's just too quick that like it's like, well, duh, obviously you're already see that you're angry. But if you're able to give a little bit more space, if you can feel it and try to express it in words as a warning before yeah. you do something that you regret then you might have an opportunity to calmly communicate. Okay. 
I'm feeling like I'm getting a little frustrated. I, you know, like I, I'm not exactly sure why you can even admit, like you may not be that, that clear on why, but you're, you're at least cueing to those around you that you're, you're, you're trying to be self-aware and that yeah. you're trying to be communicative. Yeah. And that also lets them know, okay, they're obviously going because I mean, we've all had those moments where it's like, whoa, this person is, it feels like they're angry out of nowhere. And it's like, it's not for them. It's not out of nowhere for you. It feels that way. And so this also lets other people know, okay, maybe I need to think about speaking to them this way, or maybe I need to think about just giving them a little bit of space right now. Mm-hmm. It lets them know how to, you know, kind of move forward with you. Yeah. Yeah. This is all obviously going to take practice. And um, I, I wonder like what it could look like for our writer to begin just trying to practice dealing with things that are frustrating and cause her anger when no one else is around. And I think what, what kind of little things bother you when you're alone and how do you handle them? You know, starting small like that and kind of helping to build in habits and patterns for how we deal with frustrations and stressors. Yeah. And yet it also seems, at least in my own experience, it seems that there's something about having people around that can bring anger out of us even more. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) <laughs> so I'm imagining and I'm not the only one here, but I just feel like it's weird. I, I can feel like I'm just fine. I'm fine dealing with the frustrations of the day when I'm alone, but then my husband gets home from work and all of a sudden I'm just like irritable and all the things it's like, yeah. what is that about? I feel like, and this is just my guess. I don't know. Maybe some expert could speak into this, but I wonder if there's something about wanting to be seen or to have my emotions validated where it's like, oh, there's no one here anyway. So there's no reason to throw a tantrum, but then there's another person. I think, oh, they're going to like finally help me feel like I'm justified in feeling angry. Yes. Yes. It's like when you're like, say like in a, in a movie scene where someone is, you know, stuck in a, in a ditch or something. Right. Hmm. they start screaming when they see that someone is near or hear that someone is near. Aside from that, they're going like, well, I can't waste my energy and be screaming. I'm going to try to find a way out of this. But as soon as someone is coming around, it's like, help, you know? So I think that checks out that it's like, I need someone to know what I'm going through right now. Sure. It's interesting. So I mean, I think just bringing self-awareness around that can help to help us to realize, okay, what, you know, how can I be seen in a different way? Like going back to just expressing your emotions and words rather than needing to to let things escalate and and explode, Mm -hmm. um, being vulnerable, you know, and, um, in in your speech to, to those that that are around you and seeing that as an opportunity for being seen. Yeah. And then finally, you know, if you're a person of faith, don't forget to invite God into this process. Let's say, ask the Holy spirit to help you respond with gentleness. I, I think, it's something that we don't, we don't want to take lightly. There, I think there's so much power that the yeah. Holy Spirit works in and through us. Gentleness is one of the fruits of the spirit. And that is so important to consider scripture that talks about both the fruit of the spirit and things about anger and how we can meditate on some of the verses say like in the Psalms and in, in Proverbs that can help us to understand how, how we can deal with anger and what, what the harms of anger are. Um, yeah. So to our dear writer, trying to calm down, I see you, (laughs) I get you. I am so glad that you desire to be loving and kind, patient and measured in how you interact with those that you love. 
May the Holy Spirit give you wisdom and insight to better understand your own heart, as well as those of the people that you love, that you may be able to channel your emotions and see them as warning lights rather than being mastered by them. Hmm. I'll hand it back over to Kelia. Well, I first want to say props to you. Um, I totally understand the struggle, just like Jessica. I think just like everyone alive. <laughs> um, but I think it really takes humility to recognize that this is an issue. And so I'm I'm glad that this has um you've taken this first step here. Um I also think that kindness is often really undervalued in our culture. And um, you know, we we all hear something about like um, you know, it costs nothing to be kind. Honestly, that's not true. <laughs> I that's not true. Mm. The Bible talks about kindness over and over and over again. And God has shown us kindness more times than we can even imagine, right? So Ephesians 4.32 says, Being be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. First Peter 4 8 says, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Um, Colossians 3, 12 through 13 says, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. So this kind of kindness and and patience and gentleness that are depicted in the Bible, they do cost us something. It's so clear mm-hmm. in the sense that they require something extra from us. They require us to step outside of our nature and even kind of go against our nature, our knee-jerk reaction. Um, and so the first thing that comes to mind um, when, when our writer says that she struggles to be gentle in the heat of the moment, but, you know, she also gets snippy over kind of minor things. She even admitted they're minor inconveniences or just miscommunications or not even like big things. Right? right. So what I'm gathering is that, um, that her, her fiery reactions are not matching the circumstance. Right. Hmm. So she's, or her mind is treating every situation like they are of equal importance rather than, you know, noticing the differences of someone really disrespecting you, calling you a name versus a miscommunication. Um, So I challenge her to take a, it's not that important. Oops. I just hit my mic. Sorry, everyone. Um, I challenge her to take a, it's not that important approach. So you know, uh, so something as small as like, <laughs> um, changing the car seat back to your, to your settings. That's so <laughs> annoying, right? It's also just something that everyone has to do if someone else is using your car, right? Um, maybe someone didn't see her text or, um, didn't hear her ask for something that they said they were going to the store. Hmm. They come back without it. Someone made a human mistake and forgot something that they said they were going to bring. Take an extra beat 
Mm. And go, hmm, all right. Not that important because it's really not in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And another thought I had as our writer asked how that, um, how she can be gentle or patient when she doesn't feel those things. So um, Proverbs 15 tells us that a gentle answer turns away wrath. And I know this is used to really talk about like how we're responding to someone who's angry. Um, But I think it can also be used in reference to our inner monologue, Hmm. meaning we can choose to give a gentle answer when we really do not feel that when we are feeling wrath, right? We can choose for our actions to not match our feelings in a positive way, giving a gentle answer to a minor inconvenience when all we want to do is blow up can turn away our own anger. And she doesn't have to feel these things initially. I think with time, she will start to feel less and less fiery. But um, for now, she might have to really fight against this inclination. It, it might take some time. But the good news for her is that she can begin this today. And I know this sounds a little bit simplistic, but our feelings have a way of following our thoughts. They adapt to our thoughts and our behavior. And so this way that in this way, we are able to rule over our feelings, not the other way around. We tell our feelings, okay, this is what we're, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're mm-hmm. going to react. Um, in my very last thought here is that, um, you know, this, this might take some practice. You're not going to get it perfectly. You're probably going to say something that you regret again. It will take some time. And for you, it might feel necessary to take five minutes to cool down. Sometimes this isn't a bad thing. It's okay. And I think it's, you know, as Jessica said, like everyone approaches and moves through their anger in very different ways. And so I think it would be so helpful um, for you to consider what is helpful to you. What causes your anger to melt away a little bit, to allow gentler thoughts to start um, seeping in. But um, I hope that we were able to offer some helpful tips and encouraging words today. And I pray for our writer's growth in this area. It's a journey that we are all on (laughs) together. So true. (laughs) All right. So it's time for the May We Suggest segment of the podcast, where we suggest to you the things that we have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that made us really happy to be alive. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So Jessica, what would you like to suggest this week? This week, I am back to suggesting some more Scandinavian music. Mm. An artist called, and I'm probably going to butcher this because I am not sure that the um, vowels, how I'm supposed to pronounce the vowels, but I'll try it. Svaneborg Kardib. That's how that I say correct. it in English. Well, I, I'm sorry <laughs> to them if it's wrong. It's the it's the two musicians' last names put together. So mm. um, I could probably get their first names all right. Anyway. It's chill and ambient. It's actually kind of jazzy. Some of the songs are kind of jazzy in nature. Um, really, 
haven't been enjoying it as like a great start to my work day in the earlier morning, especially mm-hmm. if I want something that's not too chill that it almost makes you feel still sleepy. It has a, a nice kind of beat to it. So it kind of keeps you like, yeah, working awake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anytime our listeners might be looking for something a little bit different, but still instrumental and chill, give this artist a try. Mm. Lovely. You know, what's funny is we, we seem to think alike when we come to our <laughs> suggestions, because last week we both suggested food. food. <laughs> this week, we are both suggesting not just like music, but a, an ambient playlist. Mm. So this week I'm suggesting a YouTube channel called Captivators. I don't know why it's called that, but I like what they create. So they make these very, very, very long um, study playlists that are dark academia themed. Anybody who knows me knows I love (laughs) dark academia. Yeah, (laughs) surprise everyone. Um, So it's perfect for studying, for focusing, for long periods of time if you work a lot on your computer. Um, I am someone that really needs a soundtrack to, um, to get in a zone and to be productive and to feel good. And so I I just love the tone that this channel sets for my day. It's very classical, kind of moody and kind of dark. And so if you too like that kind of music, go ahead and check out that YouTube channel. I will link it in the description of this episode. All right, to wrap up this episode, Jessica, how can listeners find and connect with you? Listeners can find me on my food and lifestyle blog, thisrealjourney.com, on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder, and my Substack at jessicajschroeder.substack.com. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal, where we have new articles coming out every week about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.